Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perfect sense, but you yeah. raised something there, and I was I was thinking about it as I was kind of walking home from work. With now, Ange, obviously, we love Ange on this show. He seems like a guy you'd love to go for a beer with, absolute hero, right? But I wanted mm. to get your thoughts as well on especially the game against Chelsea, where he stuck so rigidly to his to his um philosophy. Whereas if he'd have maybe done what Klopp did against you when he went back to nine men, maybe you could have got a result because Chelsea still couldn't really score the chances yeah. they had, right? Yeah. How did you feel about like watching that, that he's so dogged with his philosophy? Like, do you want him to be a bit more pragmatic or you're just like, no, mate, you do you? Well, I think m- the way I see it at this current moment is I, I kind of want him to just carry on in his philosophy because although that result on Monday was hard to take because even with the high line and we let Chelsea have chances, the character and resilience that we did show to nearly go and grab an equaliser mm-hmm. on three separate occasions with the disallowed goal. And then Bentoncourt should have scored that header really. And Son had a chance we went through on goal as well. For me, in the, in this kind of weak window that this has happened, I feel like the fallout of that game is still kind of happening now. It's kind of the longest fallout I can remember from a Spurs game for years. And we've had a lot. To, mm-hmm. We've had a lot of games where you can pick apart for various reasons. But for me, in the short term, it's about you've got a young group of players and what better way are you going to try and get them to buy into what you're doing by sticking to your principle in a moment of adversity like that? And I think that's exactly what he tried to do because mm-hmm. also he's future-proofed himself so well, Postacoglu. I remember, you've, I think it was after the Arsenal game actually where we had that period in the first half where you could really tell that the likes of Van der Ven and a doggy, especially were kind of struggling with that yeah. playing out from the back and getting caught. And we could have easily been 2-0 down if um, Jesus had scored that chance. But things kind of clicked after that moment. And Postacoglu, Van der Ven talks about it um, after that game. And he said that you had Postacoglu on the sidelines just saying, keep playing. If it Basically, if it goes wrong or if you fuck up, it's on me. I take the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, he's done that so well in the Chelsea game because he's had to bear the weight of a lot of criticism being called naive, which I think the naive thing for me frustrates me a little bit because I think that's kind of a a label that he's been trying to shake off 
through his whole career because of the fact that he's managed at so-called lesser clubs Mm -hmm. and kind of had a more of an unconventional route to the Premier League. And I think it's kind of, I think it could be perceived as a little bit patronising, but I understand why people are saying it in reference to that particular state in that game. Because, you know, exactly like you said, Jurgen Klopp, as soon as they went down to nine men, he took all of the front three off, basically, from what I can remember. They didn't really have an out ball and they tried to sit in and make it as hard as possible. And you could tell that Tottenham got frustrated. I was at that game and it was like, it was one of those things where I didn't, I didn't think we were, I didn't think it was going to happen for us. We had a couple of really good chances at at one or I think before the second yellow, we were were kind of, they were under the pump for the first 15 minutes of the second half. Alisson made a couple of really good saves from Son and Madison. But as soon as they went to nine, they made it so, so difficult. And it really was heart in mouths kind of stuff. But in a funny way, like we talked about, um, I think we were talking about before about Vicario and the way that, he and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying how is he getting so much praise after letting four goals and it's like well if you look at it in the context of the game he was an absolute hero you know some he made some incredible saves he was like he's a keeper that we've been talking about for a while Adam from Empoli like he was unreal yeah he He was incredible yeah yeah he's been a revelation for us this season and I think that it almost in a funny way like at three, when the third goal went in, because we'd, we'd had that kind of five-minute period of the Son chance, the Bentoncourt chance, and the, the Dyer disallowed goal, they scored the third goal literally straight after that on the counter-attack. And I think because we'd come so close, there wasn't really this feeling of like, oh, well. Like, it was yeah. everyone in the ground was like, the, the chorus of like, oh, when the Spurs, after Chelsea had just scored, it was like, we were drowning out their away fans and they yeah, just scored yeah. a goal. It was like, I'd never... I'd never experienced anything like it really. And I think that's because Angie's bravery in a way, and it's not something I've really seen being talked about. I think Angie's bravery has kind of allowed some of these players on the fringes or not so much on the fringes in Vicario, um, but players who maybe haven't been getting as much of the spotlight to really get their moment. Like Hoybier came on and did really, really well. Like if, if we hadn't have, lost that game if we'd have held out for a draw his clearance off the line would have been heralded as mm-hmm. this massive moment Eric Dyer did really well coming off the bench first minutes of football all season and like I said Vicario you know he was kind of getting there towards like cult hero status with some of his performances and just the fact that he's been a really really solid goalkeeper but the, the mm. thing that's impressed me the most about Vicario this season is his character he's just like he is an absolute I, I can't I'm kind of running out of words for him to be honest but like He's impressed me so, so much. And I think that allowed, that game and the way we kind of, the way we were so brave and we let Chelsea have so many chances and the fact that he had such a heroic performance despite letting in four goals kind of allowed, the most, the most important thing as a football fan you want is connection to your players, right? Yeah. And I think that game gave us even more of that and even more of a connection to Poster Cogley because when your backs are up against the wall as a club and you've kind of come in under fire from the media, and saying, oh, Postacoglu was naive, Spurs should have just held out, Chelsea can't score against low blocks, blah, 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 blah. Like, you want your manager to come out with that kind of feeling of defiance, and that's exactly what we got. Mm-hmm. And it was almost, a, you know, a kind of moral victory for us as a fan base in that sense, even though, on the face of it, we got battered. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was such a bizarre game. I don't think I've ever been to a game that's that had anything like that. Like, it was No, well, that's too... 
There's two Chelsea games in a row that have been utterly mental and we're going to get on to the next one, I think. But, Adam, any Wolves fans listening are going to be like, hey, we won the bloody game. Can you talk about Wolves? <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, right. <laughs> Gary O'Neill has been absolutely fantastic since he came in, obviously. A lot of Wolves yep. fans weren't really sure when he took the job. They now find themselves in 12th on 15 points. They are nine points above the relegation zone. We kind of tipped them to struggle this year. Um, this yep. is another great performance from them, and he's getting the most out of them mm-hmm. without players like Neto. Like they're still missing a few players, yeah, but yeah. he's managing to get it done. Like, were you impressed with them again this week? Yeah, massively. And it's a, not a slice of humble pie, I think, from us as a pod, really, because we did yep. kind of not see this happening, to be honest. And they've been very. We're having I mean, quite a few of them. Ma- like, yeah, yeah. yeah we are. It's many, fair to say. I don't think many people. No, do exactly. No. No, no. no, but you know what? Even the amount of decisions that have been given against them from referees, VAR, oh, yeah. you know, was it previous weekend against Sheffield United against Fabio yeah. Silva? No way that penalty. was a Newcastle yeah, yeah. United the previous weekend. Then we had the Man yeah. United incident at the beginning of the season. They've had so many injustices. I think also just during the course of it, they've just been unlucky. So um, yeah. the one thing that I did make a note of, though, and I think this is something that I wanted to ask Ben, but maybe for another time, is around the African nations that's coming up because the core amount of players that are in that Wolves squad. So Lamina, you obviously mentioned Ben, but you've got uh, Ryan Alt-Nori as well on that right or mm-hmm. left-hand side even. So yeah. he's going to be a massive miss for them because if you're thinking Neto's out, and I don't know what the extent is, but you would imagine that's at least a month and then rehab, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah. It's going to take yeah. him a while before he's back. So let's just say on the freak side, he is available for January. You still got that missing bit with Lamina. And I think that's a massive bit. And I was looking at their squad. I can't see anyone that's a light for light that can do the kind mm-hmm. of same kind of pressing, but the same energy as well. Because Lamina, I remember back at Southampton, he was really good then. I, I thought yeah. he was really like Ben's point very underrated uh we know yeah, what yeah. he could do at juventus as well rory he'd had that yeah, yeah, beforehand. yeah so you know what he's a good player and there's a few clubs that i noted down but i was going to say to ben i mean basuma when he took him off for la salsa as well was an interesting kind of piece wasn't it because it was almost like he tried to go for the win because he knew one nil yeah. wasn't suitable but then there was other elements that I saw. Hoiberg, for example, he has like a very Jekyll and Hyde performance where he has this amazing, crazy run at one point. But it's for both of those goals. He kind of looks behind him. He knows the play is there, but lets him go. And it's just yeah. those little individual errors. You wonder, come, say, January, when Basuma might be at the African Nations, will that be a bit of a miss? Because I know Benton Court is still waiting to get his groove on. And I suppose... Yeah, to your point, it's going to be hard to make some decisions and maybe some of those transfers that you want to. So how much of a miss will Papasisa or Papasai even, sorry, and Basuma be for you guys? Massive, I think. I think um, just to touch on Wolves quickly, because I think they do deserve, Mm. like they do deserve a lot of praise. I think Gary O'Neill has been a a revelation for them, really. You know, there was a lot of, we'll get on to Bournemouth later on, but I think Mm -hmm. a lot of Bournemouth fans were very kind of, despite the fact that he kept him up, they weren't that sad to see him go. And I think he's done Mm -hmm. so well over the course of the last couple of months to deal with what he's had to deal with, with that squad. Players missing, you know, fans being underwhelmed by the appointment on the Mm -hmm. eve of the season, basically. I think he was appointed the week before the start of the season, wasn't he? Like, it's just, and and you saw it straight away with that first performance away at Man United, how much of a threat, especially um, in transition, they can be, (laughs) especially when you've got players as physical as like Cunha and Lamina and someone who's got the skill and the pace of Neto. You know, you wouldn't have, my fear as a Spurs fan is that if Neto was playing, it could have been more because. 
they were they got on top of us in that second half, but they didn't really have the quality to kind of really make it count until Sarabia came on. He was mm. incredible. What a goal like, he was, as well, by the way. What, what a goal. goal. <laughs> you touched on it there with Hoybier. Like I've seen we've seen it so many times with Hoybier. And I don't think other than Richardson, I don't think I've I don't think I've seen a player in either my life as a Spurs fan or certainly in the last like five or six years that has divided opinion in the fan base so much. Like you said, it was that's so true what you said. It was such a Jekyll and Hyde performance because first half did really well, kind of breaking up play. Like you said, got us forward up the pitch really well. Second half, like that goal, he just, when you watch it back, the ball that comes over the top, Dyer is kind of side on and kind of just almost gets out mm. of the way to let it go. But the way that Hoybier just, he just basically just leaves it. It was just like, you see, let Sarabia run off. Player coming in, he? coming. It was unbelievable. And it was just like, I don't want to be, especially with everything that's going on at the moment, I find it really hard to kind of be overcritical of players and really overanalyze mm. everything because, you know, trying to remain positive and, and think about the bigger picture. But that was really poor when you watch it back. And I think, mm. like you touched on, and how kind of how we got to this, or, or the question that you asked about Basuma and Saar, they're going to be massive misses because. Benton Core has come back, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of a lot of Spurs fans, way ahead of schedule in terms of what we thought. Mm. Apparently, he's been chomping at the bit for a long time now to kind of knocking on Angie's door saying, give me a chance. But I just, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but it just kind of feels like with the severity of the injury, you want to... You want to. You be want to be more cautious because it was an exactly. ACL, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. And he's been out since um, early... Sports Social Podcast Network.